0: Good day, stoners, and welcome to a bite-sized episode of the Turning Stones podcast. On today's bite-sized episode, we're talking all about fracking now you might have heard of this before but after today's episode you're going to know everything about it not just everything but maybe all the key points of fracking so we're going to talk about what is actually fracking the process of involved of fracking the advantages of fracking why fracking is controversial and a few little other tidbits that you may enjoy strap yourselves in this is going to be a very informative and I'd say slightly fun episode as well, as they all are. Thank you. So let's start right from the top. What is fracking? So fracking is short for hydraulic fracturing. It's actually a process by which water, sand, and chemicals, so a mixture of water, sand, and chemicals, injected underground at very high pressures to crack open rock layers and release oil or gas that's trapped inside. So fracking is basically a technique that is used for mining. Fracking isn't uh, relatively new. Companies have been using this technique for decades to extract oil and gas um, from those hard to exploit, hard to exploit rock formations. Um, Halliburton first used. So it's a company in the United States, based in Kansas. They first used hydraulic fracturing, or shall we call it fracking back in 1949, to increase the flow of gas from its wells, back in Kansas, United States, where Halliburton is incorporated. So it's been around for a little while, and it's a pretty clever and effective technique, that's for sure. The process of fracking can be carried out vertically, or actually now more commonly, by drilling horizontally to the rock layer, which can create new pathways to release gas or used to extend existing channels. So up next, we're gonna be actually talking about the process of fracking from start to finish. But before we dive deep into it, let's just have a little quick word from our sponsors. Introducing Loyal Olive Oil. Grown in Virginia, South Australia, the Loyal Grove is blessed with a Mediterranean-like climate and rich nutrient soil. The first press of these freshly harvested olives is now in market. For cooking, marinating, dressings, or even as a spread, the possibilities are endless. L O I L, Loyal Olive Oil. Your quest to find the best ends with Loyal. Find them on Instagram at Loyal Olive Oil. Now on to the actual fracking process. So, first and foremost, a well bore or a hole needs to be drilled all the way down to the layer of gas-rich shale. Now, you might ask, what's shale? Well, shale is fine-grained sedimentary rock. This sedimentary rock is formed from mud that is a mixture of flakes of clay minerals and tiny fragments of other minerals, especially quartz and calcite. This shale layer can sit more than 1.5 kilometers underground and drilling can take as long as a month to get there. So this well that is then drilled is lined with a steel casing to prevent the contamination of nearby groundwater, especially in the aquifers beneath our surface, where commonly a lot of people, either for drinking or farming or irrigating, use bore water. The second step, once the drill reaches down to the shallow layer, it slowly turns and begins drilling horizontally for a mile or more along the rock so first a well bore or the hole is drilled down then after it's drilled down and reaches the shale um, layer it then is drilled horizontally sometimes diagonally but more commonly horizontally along this shale um, because that's where basically all the oils or the gases that they want to extract is situated third step a perforating gun is loaded with explosive charges and it's lowered to the bottom of the well and punctures tiny holes in the horizontal section of the casing that's deep down in the shale layer. That is the very important part there from the perforating gun in regards to this fracking process. Fourth step, now comes the actual fracking or as they like to say at the uh, fracking experts, the completion stage. So this, can, this obviously consists of a mixture of water, sand and chemicals, which is then pumped into the well at really extremely high pressures and goes through the tiny holes in the casing that was done by that perforated gun, which was loaded explosive charges. So those explosive charges made these tiny little holes, then this fourth step, is the fracking or the completion stage where the mixture of water, sands, and chemicals pumped into the well at extremely high pressures and goes through those little holes um, and basically the fluid crack opens the shale rock. The sand part of this mixture holds those tiny little cracks open and the chemicals help the natural gas seep out. So very interesting there and of course, the water is the lubrication for all of this sand and chemicals to flow down. And also it's basically the substance that allows the pumping mechanisms to basically pump all this mixture down into the wells at extremely high pressures. The flow back stage, which is step five, is the water and chemicals flow back out of the well and are taken out for disposal or treatment. Now this is probably the biggest and most controversial part of fracking is because what happens to the water and chemicals after it's been used for fracking. So very interesting in that part of it right there. And we'll get to that a little bit later. Finally, the sixth and final step of fracking is when natural gas begins flowing out of the shale and up out of the well. So they only just use one well where they pump in all the, uh, I guess, the explosive charges to make those tiny holes. Then they put in the mixture of the sand, water, and chemicals to um, basic, at the high pressures to um, go through those tiny holes in the casings and the explosive holes that they've made to then, I guess, uh, crack open the shale rock. Then after um, all the water and chemicals have flowed out, then the natural gas begins to flow out um, from the shale, and up out of the well where it's eventually shipped to consumers via a pipeline. A typical well can produce gas for 20 to 40 years, uh, depending on obviously the um, deposits down there in that shale, and obviously it can pump out thousands of cubic feet of gas each day. So it can be very rewarding for the mining company if they obviously hit large deposits they can guarantee some good solid gas and or oil assets for many decades to come. Now, what are the advantages of fracking? So fracking allows drilling firms to access difficult to reach resources of oil and gas. In the United States particularly, it has significantly boosted domestic oil production and driven down gas prices. It's estimated to have offered gas security to the US and Canada for about 100 years and has presented an opportunity to generate electricity at half the CO2 emissions of coal. So gas is a little bit greener or it's a bit more greener than coal. And of course, they've um, um, tapped into some really juicy and large gas deposits and it looks like they've got the security for about 100 years, both in the US and Canada, which you would have to think are pretty large consumers of gas. The industry or mining industry suggests that fracking of shale gas could contribute significantly to the United Kingdom's future energy needs. So not only is it used in the United States, I'm I'm pretty confident it's used worldwide, but uh, obviously the United Kingdom have their own concerns of where they're going to get their energy from because they don't have large land mass as such other continents or, you know, we're looking at North America or even Australia where they're large continents with a lot of deposits beneath the surface, whereas the UK, highly and densely populated country, not too much land and surface area. um, And so... You know and a lot of, of uh, construction and buildings already um have been uh, i guess constructed on in england or even the united kingdom and so there's not much room so what they can do is actually do the fracking where they sort of can go to uh closely densely populated areas um, and just you know near townships or near big industrial sites where buildings have already been erected and they can drill down and then of course drill horizontally to it i guess to harness all that shale gas that's beneath the surface the task force on shale gas as an industry funded body said that the uk needed to start fracking to establish the possible economic impact of shale gas saying it could create thousands of jobs so some advantages of fracking right there for you stoners to lick your lips on Now moving on to the part of why fracking might be controversial. So the extensive use of fracking in the United States where it has been, well, I guess it has revolutionized the energy industry, has prompted several environmental concerns. Fracking uses a huge amount of water which must be transported to the site and this transportation through pumping obviously requires energy itself, um, comes at a huge environmental cost. Once again, in the United States, the average fracking can run between 1.5 million and 9.7 million gallons of water to frack a single well. And that's a lot of water. And of course, gallons is uh, just over three litres of water. So, you know, if you're looking at 9.7 million gallons, you're looking at uh, well over 27, 28 million gal- uh, litres of water to frack a single well. There are increasing efforts to use non-potable water, but at this stage they are just using any water that is closely accessible and most of the time this is good quality drinking water. Water used for fracking or should we say hydraulic fracturing, which is the technical term, is too contaminated to return to its source without extensive treatment so after the fracking process has been completed and obviously all the flow back comes out where it's a mixture of water and chemicals it's too contaminated to return to its source so if they've got it from a river they can't pump it back there it needs extensive treatment and so A lot of companies, when they're looking at the bottom line, looking at the profit levels, um, see it's too much of a cost to treat that water and put it back where they came from. Instead, they dispose of it deep underground. And that is where it is actually removed from the fresh water cycle. So right there, you can just see, and we've only touched on the water side of things here of the controversy in regards to fracking, right there, they're using fresh drinking water Um, for fracking and they're using a lot of it um, in the 27 to 28 million liters of water to frack a single well yeah it's producing 20 to 40 years worth of gas but you know using so much fresh good drinking water then once it's done it's too contaminated to use the companies are obviously looking at their shareholders the interest the best interest of their shareholders which is um, increasing profits higher dividends and payouts to uh, and distributions to their shareholders so they're thinking well you know, to, I guess, treat the water, um, to return it back to its original state or to make it drink worthy, Uh, it's gonna cost too much um, for that treatment process. So we're just going to dispose of it deep underground, removed from the freshwater cycle. This is more cost effective, but it's not environmentally friendly, that's for sure. Um, Moving on to the digging part, where obviously it goes down um, vertically, uh, down into the surface, then it can be dug horizontally or diagonally into the shale layer uh, of sedimentary rock to obviously um, extract and the most, um, I guess, the most uh, gas possible. But this process can actually disrupt the structure of the geology formation beneath the Earth's surface, giving rise to a higher risk and susceptibility of Earth tremors and potential future earthquakes once the fracking process has been completed and obviously the mine has been closed. So if you thought tectonic plates were a concern, well, obviously man-made fracking mines can also contribute to unstable surfaces and potentially later down the track some of these earth tremors and earthquakes. The next controversial matter is air pollution. So once an area of shale has been fracked, natural gas begins flowing up out of the well. And so this is just after the flowback stage where the water and chemicals flow back out of the well and they're taken for disposal and treatment. And then finally, the natural gas begins flowing out. So anyway, this here can cause air pollution. Um, So as it begins flowing out of the well, most of the methane is typically captured, but then some can escape into the air or leak out of the pipelines. And methane, as some of you may know, is a potent greenhouse gas and can contribute to heating the planet as part of global warming. Also part of that flowback stage, yes, we have the contaminated water, but also trapped in the water, but then aside from the water as well, we have the chemicals. And these chemicals um, that is used obviously with that water and sand mixture, uh, they contain carcinogens, which may also escape during the fracking process and that flow stage. So once the chemicals, water and sand, have done their job and they flow back out of the well um, for the gas to then start seeping through, well, some of those chemicals may be released into the atmosphere and those chemicals have been proven that they are carcinogenic. Campaigners say fracking is distracting energy firms and governments from investing in renewable sources of energy because of its efficiency and effectiveness in able to not create a massive footprint in regards to the mining sites, but in its ability to obviously harness as much of the energy deposits that we have beneath our surface by not taking up so much surface area um, at the mining site. But it is not really encouraging um any i guess investment in renewable sources of energy whether it's wind solar and so on but it is encouraging because of this efficiency and effectiveness of fracking it's encouraging the continued reliance on fossil fuels so one for you guys and stoners to take to the water cooler at work in your offices or you know having your smokers if you're a tradie or wherever you're listening um just probably something to, I guess, talk about with your peers, colleagues, or acquaintances, or even your family members. Probably a nice little dinner party conversation where you don't have to sit on either side, but you can just talk about the, I guess, the uh, pros and cons in regards to fracking. So interesting, It's there's no current ban on them. Um, I guess they can't ban them because it's probably one of our best techniques that we can use to, um, I guess, harness some of those energy deposits beneath our surface. So until uh, we have some good quality and reliable renewable sources of energy, which we do, but it's obviously still got a long way to go until we have those uh, renewable sources that can sort of Uh, undermine the the, uh, fossil fuels, well, we're going to have to continually rely on those fossil fuels. So I'll leave that with you, Stoners. This was a bite-sized episode. Hope you enjoyed. Stoners, thank you once again for listening to the Turning Stones podcast. Just before you go, please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else that you get your podcasts from. And of course, subscribe to us on YouTube and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please give us a five-star rating. Very much appreciated. And on the socials, it is at TurnstonesPod on Instagram and Twitter. Stay safe. Take care. See you next time.